All right, Dave, this is Billy Rainford from Direct Motocross here. We're going to do a little podcast with someone who, uh, as the rumors kind of roll around here, that becomes a little bit more truth to what's happening here in our sport here in Canada. I've got uh, Steve Sims. Uh, Steve, uh, thanks for having a chat with us here today. Yeah, thanks for reaching out and uh, giving us an opportunity to talk. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, remember we did that uh, crazy uh, 20 questions. You had to pick, uh, try to pick an engine part or motor part. Yeah, yes, I remember that. <laughs> ah, the coronavirus days. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we've got uh, another story, obviously, that's uh, going around right now. I mean, um, we're going to get to that, but I want to kind of start off with a little, uh, let's talk about where you came from and all that kind of stuff, Steve. So we'll kind of build up to, obviously, the whole rock star situation that's going on right now. Obviously, the title sponsor of your team that you're with and everything. But let's kind of back it up here, Steve. Um, where did you, where have you, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a small town just outside of Brantford in St. George. Um, I grew up there. I moved there in 93 and then uh, stayed there until 2012 or so. I moved out, got my first house. And uh, then I, about six, seven years ago, I moved up to Shelburne. So, uh, Chris Pomeroy territory. Yeah, his uh, his track's actually in my front yard, so it's his dad's <laughs> property there, and uh, they have that ladies' uh, practice or uh, riding school, I guess you'd call it, tomorrow, um, I believe, is going on there. So I might pop over there and see them. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Right on. Yeah, St. George, man. That's a picturesque little part of the world. Yeah, it, it, uh, when we moved there, I mean, there wasn't a lot there. It was a nice little town, and since then, uh, it's built into as everything else has a pretty big little, I think they still call it a town, but I would call it almost a city now or whatever you want to call it, but it's much bigger than it used to be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. How would, uh, let me ask you some of my typical questions here just for uh, people just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. And how, how did you first get started in motocross? Um, I had a couple neighbors that uh, got me interested in it. Um, Sean Wilson and Chris Howes, um, they lived next door to my parents, kind of just watched them ride. They used to ride out in the fields in front of my house. And then, uh, one year we used to go to Ireland. My family's all from Ireland. So we used to go for four weeks at every couple summers. And my dad would come for two weeks. My mom, my sister and I would go for four. And the first two weeks we'd go to my mom's side. So my dad was at home and bought me a bike and, um, it kind of just went from there. I had a little play bike before that, but he, that was a, it was an 81 YZ 125 that he bought in a five gallon pail. And <laughs> when I came back from Ireland, it was uh, virtually together with uh, one ignition problem. And the keys actually had an ignition for it back then um, on the shelf. So we went and picked it up and I ran that for a year. Nice. Okay. All right. Now, what, uh, my other favorite question is uh, how did you pick your first number? What was your first number? My first number was 999 uh, oh, the God, night before a Steel City race. Uh, Sean Wilson actually was over, and for no other reason than it was the easiest electrical tape number to put on plastics, and it was already late that night. <laughs> and were you, uh, were you upside down a lot? It came out as 666, or were you one of those guys, or what? No. I mean, I had my fair share of crashes going through uh, <laughs> the racing years that I had, but uh, no, I tried to keep it to the 999 side <laughs> now what uh what other sports did you play growing up uh, i played hockey it was really the only one that i played all the way through i still play uh, a couple times a week right to this day so 
um, other than motocross. Motocross kind of took over my hockey as a kid. Um, I kind of went out of league hockey into motocross. And then uh, as I could start to play men's league, I started picking up back into men's league again. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah. Have a beer and a little bit of a skate. It's always a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a good group of guys up here that uh, we ride, play hockey, do all that stuff. So it's kind of our uh, night away each week. Nice. Okay. Now you mentioned obviously racing uh, moto. How, how far up did you make it in moto? This is a loaded question because you know where this is going. <laughs> I made it to intermediate. Um, <laughs> that was kind of my turning point of, I didn't feel that I had what I needed to go the next step. And I, that's kind of where the motocross riding went to the mechanics side was at that point I had to, you know, growing a little bit older, I had to figure out how to make money and not spend it all. Um, so I decided to turn back to make the wrenching side. And a lot of people tell you there's no money in it, but it's, you make a lot more money wrenching than you do work or uh, riding on them and breaking them all the time. So that was kind of the direction I headed. Okay. Yeah. Make more money fixing it than there is in breaking it. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, what's, uh, sure. I mean, I joked about that being a loaded question cause we'll get to your 30 B championships here in a minute, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when you went into the uh, mechanic side of it, did you go to some schooling or did you just, uh, kind of just start working on bikes? I started right at a, I think it was grade 11. So my co-op that I needed to do, um, I was trying all the local dealers around Paris, Brantford, Hamilton, anything within a range that I could actually drive to, and all of them, you know, just yeah, not really interested. Yeah, you can come, but you're just going to sweep floors. And I already had quite a bit of background of working on stuff before that um, on the tractor, small engine side. So I wasn't really willing just to drop everything and just go sweep floors and not learn. Um, I get it. Everybody's got to start at the bottom, but I, you know, when the dealers are telling you that from day one, I wasn't really willing to go there. kind of left me with one guy that we reached out to and that was Bill Burr. Um, my teacher had him as a contact for many years before with a kid. And I went there one day, he kind of gave me the whole spiel, you know, make sure this is what you want to do. There's not a lot of money in it, all that kind of good stuff that we all know. And uh, I went back to him two days later and told him I wanted to do it. And I worked with him for 2002 to probably 2010, 2011, pretty steadily. Um, I'd do the racing side, go back back all winter with him. Um, he was flexible. We worked well together, and it was it was just a good fit um, for us. And he taught me a, a lot of stuff over the years. All right, that's amazing. I know it, kind of a, a Bill Burr story that I've got is uh, back in my racing days, the only video clip we have of me racing is a start at Holly Gully. I go into the first turn. Some guy pushes me outside. I crash. I finished the race, but my pipe, I didn't realize my pipe was so bent up that it was melting through my, uh, my, my gas tank. So we decided, yeah, that's unsafe. So I ended up buying a PSI pipe off of Bill Burr. So that's, uh, that's my, that's my Bill Burr story. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was around a lot. 1986. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. It was 1986. Yeah. 1986. So yeah, I mean, he spent a lot of time at the track, uh, back then with his two kids, Mike and Marty and. Uh, he did his, he had a dealership for a while. He did a lot of amateur sport, pro support and everything else in between it all for years. So um, right. I was lucky to kind of get into there with them and allow, be allowed to kind of stand underneath them all the time or over top, however you want to say it and watch them 
uh, how he did motors and how he ported stuff and suspension work and all that kind of good stuff. He was famous for porting. Everybody had uh, Bill Bird at everybody's porting back in the day. Yeah, he was well known for his uh, porting and suspension stuff um, was his big things. And obviously the motor rebuilds and then uh, everything and anything in between it all. <laughs> I remember everybody would show up at the track and if someone had just had their bike ported from him, they would say, hey, come on, start it up and let's see how responsive the throttle is. And everybody would just stand there and go, oh, that's so much better than stock. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, so. Okay. Uh, okay. So who, um, now, okay. So you move into the mechanic side of it, Bill Burry, you're under his wing. Who was the first rider that you kind of got to, got with there? So my first rider would have been Joel Serrett's, which was supported by Bill at the time. Um, he was riding Yamaha's and uh, Bill kind of, I'd been doing some stuff for Joel on at Bill's, uh, just not the big stuff, but tire changes and just regular greasing and maintenance on it. And then Bill would do the motor work. And then uh, the next year in 03, um, Joel asked me if I wanted to do the national East Coast Nationals with him. And that's kind of where it took off from. Uh, did those with Joel and Ray and his mom and uh, just built from there. Nice. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, so through the years, I mean, uh, obviously then your long relationship with uh, Andre Lauren there and the OTSFF guys, the whole rock star thing. How did, how did that all come around? I guess you just put in your time or how, how did that work? Yeah, so after Joel, Joel did a year and a half, two years. We worked on Yamahas, then he went and did a bit short stint on the Suzukis. Um, and then Rob McCullough and Jay Burke kind of came into the picture um, with Label It. Um, so I worked with them and Brad Coles with Label It there for a little bit. And then I think it was 05, Jay, I believe it was winter. Yeah, 05, Jay went to Morgan Racing. Um, and I went there with him for the year. And then I believe it was right after that, I went to U.S. Supercross with Colton. And when I came back from that, I was talking to Andre trying to get in and basically just set up with him. I went to actually drove all the way to Montreal, even though he's only an hour from me here. I drove to Montreal to meet up with him and kind of show that I cared and was definitely interested. And everything else kind of fell into place at that point. Okay, what year are we talking? I believe that was 06. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we started in 06, Tyler and I with Andre, and then Tyler and I were 6, 7, 8, and then I stepped away from OTSF and focused on my own stuff for a while and then came back in 14, the end of 14. Okay, now you came back as mechanic and then uh, now you ended up uh, you're ended up as the team manager, right? Yeah, so I came back to OTSF in four, the fall of 14 to work into 15. Um, 15, 16, I worked as a mechanic. And then in 17, I became the manager when Stu left. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, Adam Robinson talking about Disco Stu. Uh, yeah. Doing his suspension stuff now and everything. So, um, okay, how about a fun question here for you? What, uh, who is the kind of the, uh, who's the best rider you ever worked with? I know that's a tough question. And best can mean whatever you kind of want it to mean. Um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of different ways you can look at them. I mean, when you're doing a Ma pod deal, a lot of things aren't as serious there. So, that, you know, Joel was always good. Jay's obviously been a, a buddy since day one. Um, you know, we go riding, hang out still to this day, um, on the professional side, race team side, 
I have a hard time passing up uh, Phil. I mean, he's uh, a lot of people have a different view on him, but uh, it was a real pleasure to work with him this year in the last couple of years, I guess you would call it. Uh, he, he still won't talk to me since that uh, video from Sandalee. <laughs> yeah, I think you got a little bit of making up to do there. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing my job, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean... No, I get it. I won't. I won't go into that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. I know. I know. I mean, I, obviously, I see both sides of it. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, okay. So now, how about uh, uh, on the opposite side of that? Who would be the toughest, or the I don't want to say worst, but uh, you know, kind of come on, drop some dirt on us here. Who? No, who? Who's the toughest guy you worked with? I would definitely have to go with Girk. Um, <laughs> he was hard on equipment. He was hard on crew at times, and. I think now that he looks back, we had some talks about it there after Gopher Supercross when he was officially done. And, you know, he, he looks back on it and I think he feels a little bit bad about some of it. But, uh, I mean, it's all business and everybody sees different things at different times. And I mean, I don't hold it against him. And it, uh, but it was definitely difficult times with uh, Girk at times. <laughs> well, nobody has to worry about him anymore. He's off uh, into the sunset. Yeah, into the sunset. <laughs> Now, what what do you like? I mean, you seem like a guy who likes to be in there in the muck, fixing stuff, working on the bikes. Do you enjoy the manager side of it as well? Yeah, I mean, that's always been a tough question for me. I mean, I like to be relevant in stuff, so I'm a big hands-on guy. So I still like to be involved, be involved in the builds. I still do all the motor builds for the most part here. Um, Reese helps take some stuff apart. He does put some some of them together now as times went on. Um, but I still do the majority of all the engine work here. Um, so I keep my hands pretty busy that way. And then I keep doing my own stuff um, to be relevant just in the sport. So I do the Pirelli tires, Motul oils, Sunoco fuel with Andre and some other stuff for amateur and pro level stuff uh, support. And it just keeps me around. So I know what's going on and it, that's what I enjoy. I just like being involved with it all. Right, and you're obviously busy with your SSR, your Steve Sims racing stuff. You're still, you're probably at the shop right now working, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Reese and I are still here uh, putting bikes together and all that. We still have to button all that stuff up before everything can shut down. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, the race team operates out of here, so we're here every day. Right. Okay, man. Well, that's kind of, you know, kind of always fun to kind of look back on uh, on someone's career and how they got where they currently are. A lot of people, you know, if, especially younger people probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't know all that about you, right? You're just Steve Sims, the guy running the the team kind of thing, right? So it's always it's always fun to do that. But now, now let's get to, I mean, uh, kind of the, man, obviously the big news these days is the OTSFF team is shutting its doors. Yeah, the MX department, um, I want to be careful with that because sure, it is only the MX department of OTSF, right. the OTSF shipping, uh, motorsports, all that's still going. They're uh, they're just shutting down the motocross department of it. Um, they've been doing a lot of stuff in the U.S., uh, off-road truck racing that Andre got into, and he actually drives it, um, him and Kerry. And then Adam Fitza, which is one of the mechanics that he has building everything down there. They've got into the side-by-side -side racing and they just did the world day TV or world side-by-side -side race. Um, I believe he finished fifth in and it's a market he's uh, more comfortable in. He's down there more now and he's going to venture into that market and see where it's at um, right. from that side, which is going to close the MX side. 
Right. Yeah. Actually, I just saw a press release on that side by side from the team. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's tough to it's tough to hear. I mean, this is obviously one of the major teams in our sport. Obviously, when uh, I mean, obviously, it's because of the rock star money is is leaving. Is that's that's the case? Yeah. I mean, there's many factors um, that kind of came into play for it this year. Obviously, COVID had an impact on sponsorships and the how certain we are going racing and everything else. Um, Andre's direction into the truck racing, where the market is and the off-road side-by-side market is big. Um, Rockstar being uncertain and pulling out from us was a big one. Obviously, they were a big title sponsor for us for many years. And then just the sale numbers and stuff that, you know, Japan's pulling support away from manufacturers in, in Canada um, doesn't make it easy to run a team without a manufacturer um, that's got your back. So it all kind of became a hard thing to deal with, and it was just time to shut it down and move forward for them. Man, it's uh, such a – it's so sad. It's like, I mean, obviously south of the border having the same thing with the whole Geico factory connection team leaving too, right? So we're uh, – yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's two pretty big teams, one north of the border and one south of the border disappearing. Uh, but, I mean, it's kind of the Blackfoot days. They came and went. And new teams come, old teams go, and kind of hopefully we can continue to bring new teams in. But uh, times are definitely tough. Right, so, I mean, it, it's it's tough, right? It's like a double-edged sword. I mean, we're trying to we're trying to keep things going as best we can during these tough times, but if I mean, companies have to realize, and you hear, you know that sales are up for everybody. The sales are part are up. So it's like, but how do you sell a product when it's like, okay, COVID has us only racing in one province. How do you attract things? But I mean, it's pretty short-sighted of companies to not still be on board and see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah, I mean, I look at it as a pretty unfortunate thing that we're having such an issue trying to get manufacturer support at even a minimal level in Ontario or in Canada for racing. Because, I mean, you look at any of the manufacturers that have pulled out of racing, had minimal support in racing, none of them were successful during those times. Um, Honda pulled out when Blackfoot went, you know, a couple short years later, they were at the bottom of the pole for bike sales. Suzuki pulled out. They've never recovered. Um, Honda's managed to recover. They've brought out some new stuff. New teams came in after many years later but i mean they took three four years to build it even back up after they lost it all right after sure um, so i mean i still have a belief that racing does sell bikes and all that kind of stuff um some people don't think that i think um people maybe overlook you know that a team's at the race and they just go and buy a bike based on who's at the races but um and they don't think about why they maybe bought it um, so yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow when the industry is doing so well in bike sales and especially the off-road sales have skyrocketed this year. And, you know, we continue to not be able to find support from the main manufacturers. Right. Yeah. It doesn't really make, doesn't really make sense. And like I say, I think it's, it seems pretty short-sighted when you, if you think of it that way kind of thing, but so what, okay. So, um, it's a tough thing. I mean, what at what point during this season did you kind of know was the writing on the wall here? Like, how did you guys keep functioning? No, like it was never confirmed or really mentioned all year. Um, obviously, the Rockstar thing was the big one that really got the ball moving to shut down. 
Um, <clears throat> realistically, it was only last Thursday that Andre decided he was going to shut it down, and that was the confirmation. Um, I had kind of, you know, worried on my own side, just with Rockstar, where that was going on a corporate level and new people moving in and the old people that, you know, seen the drive and the reason to be behind it all, not having to say anymore, made everything questionable. So it wasn't really until last Thursday that it was really a, it just came and it was shut down and that was it. Okay. All right. Now we know, um, obviously we know Andre is going to be fine. Uh, obviously a very smart businessman. I mean, he's got his fingers in all kinds of things, but, uh, what about a guy like you? I mean, I keep hearing rumors that people are trying to talk you into running some kind of a team of some sort. Uh, what the, you know, where do you go from here? Yeah. I mean, I still have a drive and a want to be at the races. I enjoy supporting guys. I mean, that's one of the reasons I do it on my own level at, uh, Steve Sims racing. If I can find the support, um, I'm happy and willing to continue the team. I've got support from Andre for the race trailer and other stuff um, that can make it all work. But without a manufacturer, none of it's going to work. So, so you're um, so you're telling us that uh, the 450 effort Yamaha is not uh, throwing money at it. Right now, Yamaha is out um, for what we're doing. KT is the one that I believe will pick that up. Um, and I, I get it. KT's been in it for years, and we've kind of been back and forth. He's been the one that you know has been pushing the 250 class with minimal support um, from a lot of angles. So Yamaha owes him the right to the first right to all that stuff with Yamaha. So um, they're kind of, I believe in talks about it all. Um, so as of right now, I kind of have to just believe that KT is going to take the Yamaha side that we had and his own side. That'll be Yamaha filled because there's not enough budget for two teams. Right. Okay. Now, if you don't know, he's talking about Kevin Tyler from the MX 101 team there over at Sandalee. So um, yeah. Okay. Um, now, Okay, so you're, what about, oh, geez, I guess that's your two, obviously, Yamaha and Rockstar. Uh, you know, like I know uh, Troy Lee Designs was getting on board with you guys a little bit more. What about uh, stuff like that? Would these guys kind of back whatever you kind of maybe want to come up with? Yeah, I've got a few guys that are willing to come on board. Um, but for me to make it even possible, like I said, I need, I have to have a manufacturer that's willing to build into this, um, whether it be a 250, 450 program year one, just do one or two, two fifth or four fifty guys year one and, and build into a year two or three program and drop a two fifty program into it then. Um but I gotta have some support from manufacturers before I can go any farther. Um I'm not gonna go buy bikes and all that kind of stuff without a manufacturer support. Right. Well there's always talks about that uh new company kind of coming into things. So uh maybe you'll head that route. Who's that, Suzuki? No, well, I was thinking the double G. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's Huskies, which have been around and no real representation of racing uh, here in Canada. And then there's obviously the gas gas stuff. So um, there is manufacturers out there, but uh, it's it's a matter of convincing them to come racing or for them to convince bosses to find money to go racing if there is any money there. So um, right. ultimately that's where it's, where it's going to sit for me, I'm willing to move forward, but I definitely need a manufacturer to give me some commitment um, 
for me to be able to move forward and ask other people for more. Right, right. It's tough, isn't it? Because I mean, you've got to have something to present them with. But if you don't have them, you have nothing to present. So it's like trying to find your first job. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, it's tough, under, you know, letting them understand what's happening. OTSF's out, but they're coming back as a sponsor. Um, weird things like that. That's hard to explain to companies. And then uh, just straight up trying to convince a company that's been out of it, like Suzuki, for so long to, you know, why they should come back or how they should come back. So, right. uh, Hey, Hey, Steve, I'm, I'm curious. What was uh, the conversation like with Andre when this all kind of, when the old uh, shoe dropped? Uh, I mean, it was pretty quick to the point. Um, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. He had made the decision and he's the money guy. So, I mean, I have to respect that. And he's done us all well for a lot of years from, for me, it's been a, a very long time and, it's a, it's a bummer, but I mean, at the same time, we still work behind the scenes with other stuff. Like I said, Snoko Fuels, um, that's a, a deal that him and I have uh, put together and he funds it and backs it and I move it all. And Some of the other stuff that I've come up with, you know, have come, the opportunities have come through the race team. So um, we always work behind the scenes more than most people probably realize too on other business sides of things. So, you know, one door closes, but I mean, there's still other doors that Andre and I work together with that aren't closing. So. Right. Well, we're pretty sure you'll land on your feet. You've got so many things going on for sure. Now let's, uh, let's speculate about some of your riders. Like what about a guy like Phil Nicoletti? Uh, I know that Chad Goodwin over there at the Kawasaki team was looking for a guy who would like to live at uh, the club MX and he sort of slips right in there. Are we going to make any guesses on, where your riders end up? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't say anything other than the Cowie guys. I think they're the only ones that even have a slot open for a rider right now. So um, I don't think anything else. I think KTM's already got two guys on 450s, who I know, for next year. And mm-hmm. um, Ponda's got Dylan and Tanner on the little bike. So... I don't really think there's anything else <laughs> to do other than talk to Cowie and try and make a deal there. Well, what do you, and what do you do with, a, you know, when you're trying to put a team together, do you tell a guy like Sean Moff and buyer, Hey, hang tight. We'll see if we can get something. Or is he off looking for rides too? No, like they're all looking. I mean, I need a lot more confirmation on my end before I can even, you know, I'm going to hold them to anything, you know, <clears throat> there's lots of different ways this can go. Um, maybe if a manufacturer has a direction, I have a direction, whatever, but, um, right now it's all just up in the air, you know, whether I take, try and find enough funding to go to Phil only Sean and Sam, I mean, do I just let it be and close it down, which isn't really what I'm caring for. So, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of early, it's all over the place and right. we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, these are early times in the whole thing. I mean, we got... There's some other big questions too, obviously, with uh, what does this mean for the actual series itself and everything? How is that going to move forward and everything? But uh, yeah, like what, uh, as a team owner, Irish, well, maybe a future team owner or a team manager, what uh, what has the series been in contact with you guys? Like obviously losing, well, sounds like Rockstar is pulling back. Uh, have you heard anything there? That I can't speak on their side. I'm not quite sure where that all stands. Um I don't, I'm not aware that they've pulled out of the series yet. Um, whether they're going to or not, I really couldn't 
and I don't want to speculate no. on that. Sorry, that's not a question for you. Where. Sorry. Yeah, it's not really somewhere I know. I don't really know where all that sits. So um, I don't really even want to bring up rumors on that. So Right. So we don't even, I mean, not even thinking about title sponsor. You just go ahead assuming there's going to be a 21, 2021 series. Of course, we don't even know what that's going to look like with COVID restrictions, how it's going to change. This silly season is going to be extremely silly. Yeah, I mean, I've, I truly believe there'll be a series um, next year whether it be, you know, a little bit out east and a little bit out west more than we did this year, or, you know, we just uh, bucker down and just do an Ontario series again, um, get it off, make keep things moving, um, might be an option too. It's, I think it's all up in the air right now, but um, I think they have a couple plans in the works of which way they can go. And um, I think they, they are working hard on that and, see where it'll go but the covid thing is kind of so up and down and back and forth and the u.s election here i believe what is it november 3rd it's i think could play oh, is there an election on, coming up <laughs> yeah it could play big on whether where things go and how things go direction wise for a lot of companies too so yeah i mean you guys are in a tough enough situation as, on your own like trying to get your team supported meanwhile they're trying to run a series and you really don't even know what you can present potential investors right so yeah i mean that's a little bit of the fight and struggle i mean trying to present something to a sponsor when you're trying to do it and not really knowing <laughs> what the series may look like yeah. is always another challenge to the whole puzzle but um i do have a lot of faith that they are going racing again and they will pull off a successful year um at least at the racetrack like they did this year um it was good we got it off everybody was healthy and safe at the end of it. And I think that's a, a big part to being able to make 21 go again. Well, maybe not everybody. Did you uh, have your eyes closed at that Supercross series? <laughs> What's that? About people getting hurt. Oh yeah. I mean, motorcycle hurt, but I mean, healthy from the standpoint of COVID. And oh, oh, right. All that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, that was tough. I mean, there was a short run of practice time going into that and, Obviously, guys want to send it when they get to the races, so um, unfortunate things like that happen, and it's definitely a bummer, but um, it's kind of where it all landed. Hey, you know, we actually did have a little bit of an outbreak, right, of COVID. I had to go get tested. I tested, Emily and I tested negative, though, so that was good. Oh, yeah, so. If you didn't get yeah. contacted, then you weren't uh, in contact with the uh, the people, so anyway, you know, yeah, it was, no. uh, it uh, it happened, and it went through, uh, went through our pits, for sure, so. Uh, crazy okay. crazy times yeah so uh yeah so i mean it was it's a wild time but uh yeah so okay well i was i mean i was gonna ask you you're gonna ask you what your winter plans are but obviously we know you've got your work cut out for you but uh so aside from that you'll just uh if people want to get some uh some work done they can find you at ssr right you still that's still yeah yeah i'm still going here just as i normally have and uh with the team kind of shutting down right now it'll obviously bring more time for me to focus on that so i'll uh, pick up that side of it again and and uh, kind of build build that side and then if something more comes of a race team or whatnot i'll go back the other way so okay well, it's kind uh, of back and forth interesting times man there's always seems to be always something huh yeah well, okay, let's let's complete the circle and come all the way back to uh, what we alluded to earlier. Uh, three time thirty B champ coming up or what? 
No, I got three times. Oh, geez. What? How is that allowed? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's rule books and we just follow them. <laughs> Are you going for four time? Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to show up. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how to say or what to say about it. I mean, I wish the A class was a little bit different. I know all the people involved. There's been a bunch of talks about restructuring classes and stuff. So, I mean, I got to kind of sit back and see where it all lands. But um, trying to make it open, a little bit more open for not just A guys. Like, I don't really want to line up with guys like Liam and Jay and unfortunately Phil and <laughs> all those guys <laughs> that lined up in 30A at Walton. So. Um, I don't fit in that. I stopped racing because I wasn't going to go to that level. Um, so I don't think for me, that's the kind of the problem I have. I'm not at the 30A level, but um, the other side that I have with the 30B is a lot of the guys that are in 30B are actually 40, 40 guys um, dropping down the class to get it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dev and I had a crazy battle last year at Walton. I mean, you guys did. He beat me, hammered me in Moto 1. We rode together Moto 2 and Moto 3. I mean, I don't think we were any more than three seconds apart from each other the entire Moto. Um, That was literally the most fun race to watch all week. Yeah, I mean, it was was a tough Moto, but it was definitely a fun Moto. Um, We just had a ride on Thanksgiving again here, and we did it all over again at the at the Gillespie track here down the road. So it was it was fun. It's just fun to ride with a guy like that. And he's a buddy, so it makes it even more fun um, to do it. All right. Well, let, let so, me just point this out. It makes absolutely zero difference to me whether you race B or not. I just it's just fun to joke about it. I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Oh, one I thought you were coming for a B title this year. That's why you were you're starting to come on me harder. Well, I'm a little uh, I'm a couple uh, categories ahead of that. Yeah, I mean, age. so are some of the other guys in that class, though, and that's uh, that's what makes it tough. You yeah, know? age-wise, not skill-wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that Zach uh, Concer and a few of those other guys, I mean, uh, they've all picked up game, and I mean, I picked it up a little bit again this year, which kind of helped me because I'm glad I put in a little bit of extra prep I did because it wouldn't have been good if I hadn't, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to say or where that belongs or how it goes, but uh, I know there is class restructuring getting looked at and some other stuff. Right. So um, I don't know where it all land come the beginning of the year, but I know there is some change coming from there. Hey, I just hope they had a C class. That's all I care about. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think they're <laughs> going to change some of the other ways of 30A or maybe get rid of 30A and do a pro sport and blah, blah, blah. So. Right, right. Not quite sure. There's been a lot of talk about it, though, for sure. But um, see where it goes. All right, Steve. Well, I don't want to. I mean, I'm just kidding with that. Uh, it's just uh, always fun to talk about. But I appreciate yeah. you taking the time. I mean, we're obviously we're in such uncertain times. I appreciate you talking about what you can talk about. And I know there's certain things that you know you just don't have the answers to, so you can't really say. So it's uh, you got to kind of tiptoe around a little bit. And I appreciate you saying what you did and kind of filling people in on what's kind of going on at your end, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Uh, there's a lot going on, and I wish I had more answers and more news and maybe even more positive news, but, I mean, it's kind of where it's sitting with COVID and everything kind of just on hold right now. Nobody wants to move 100% forward, and 
it's just going to take some time and patience. If I have enough patience to wait to see if we can make a 21 team go. All right. Well, hang in there. Don't give up for sure. That uh, we need we need another team out there. So let's get let's keep that rig parked in the pits next year. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can come up with. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's also got to be uh, got to work for everybody. So right. We'll see where it goes. All right, Steve. Well, I know you also. I'm looking forward to this uh, press release coming out. You're going to kind of do a little bit of a look back on your career with uh, with the team, or what are you going to do? Uh, it's just basically a OTSF closing uh press release just a little bit of history some of the riders nothing too much and it doesn't need to be too long or nobody wants to read it so nobody reads quick, anymore quick little blurb on otsf andre and the, the whole group so uh, it'll be coming out here shortly all right well yeah i'll uh, i'll check my inbox for that uh, i'll certainly post that up i look forward to looking at some old pictures and stuff uh, probably some old listen more photos yeah the list more photos i mean he's uh He's, he's a guy good. that's been around forever and has captured a lot of moments, that's for sure. I've noticed he's pretty good. Most of his shots are pretty in focus. Yeah, he seems to know how to turn that camera lens and focus it. I'm actually, he's gone to Austria to be with his wife, Clody, over there. And uh, I'm actually heading out to the Future West Moto Arena Cross coming up this weekend. So I'm, st I'm staying at his vacant house and driving his vacant cars. <laughs> yeah, well, that works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's perfect works timing. Good. Yeah, I did hear he left, so I mean that works out. <laughs> Except you said his hot water is not working or the heat, so it's apparently going to be fixed by the time I get there tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. Do you want to? I mean, I don't know. Do you want to thank anybody before we let you go, or what? Uh, it's probably a pretty damn long list, but uh, you can certainly if you want. No, I mean. Obviously, the guys that stuck it out all year and have over the years. I mean, everybody that works here puts in a lot of effort and a lot of work. And um, some days aren't always easy. Some weeks aren't easy, and it's it's a hard battle. So I appreciate all those guys that have worked and put in the time. And Reese's still here with me now. He's grinding away, building practice bikes and rebuilding bikes so we can get them sold and get them out to the public to ride some bikes. And then obviously Andre and Monique and um i've been with them a long time so it's uh i can't thank them enough for everything they've done for the racing the team the series and everything in between it all all right i, I don't even know if uh reesey george gets my reference though every time i see him i always want to call him greasy jungle it's an old uh tragically hip reference yeah i think that's i don't think he quite understands it it's uh probably long before his time <laughs> all right well anyway i want to throw a tragically hip <laughs> reference in there so at least we know where the reference is coming from now well that yeah that time at least i know my reference is gonna be pretty obscure but uh <laughs> so. all right steve well i appreciate your time buddy and good luck with everything thanks for taking the time to talk with us and uh yeah we'll be uh well we'll be checking in and we'll be watching for that uh, press release okay thanks a lot for uh giving me a call and letting us talk about it Thank all you. right buddy talk to you soon all right bye